This is a Broad Pods production. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio On The Go. This is the podcast made from the wonderful interviews we have in our live show, which is 9 to 10 Australian Eastern Standard Time on every Tuesday. Head to broadradio.com.au and you can find all our old episodes as well. Some pretty amazing people in there, to be honest. This episode is all about advocacy, helping bring forward voices that need to be heard. And we start with Julie Goodwin. Of course, she is from MasterChef fame, but she's also the spokesperson for Beyond Blue. After having experienced anxiety and depression herself, she is very candid and amazing and beautiful, and she shares with us some pretty good cooking fails as well. Then Joe is obsessed with Beyonce's new album, and listened to it right across the weekend, but then discovered that there was an ableist slur in the song Heated and discovered that Hannah Divney, who is a writer and disability activist, called it out on Twitter and uh, actually got somewhere with getting Beyonce to have a look at the language she was using. It's all in this episode of Broad Radio On The Go with Joe Stanley and Mignon Stewart. Well, it's a big show, um, so let's get into our very first guest. Uh, I first interviewed this woman in 2009. (laughs) Spring chicken we were. Um, And I am quite obsessed with her. I don't think you get someone more warm and loving and kind on television. She's just a delight. Uh, You would remember her from MasterChef, um, and it was great to see her back in the kitchen this year. Julie Goodwin, hello. Hello, good morning. Oh, Jules, it's just... It's so lovely to see you. You have had such an extraordinary career, can I say, because you've done radio, of course, the cooking, and you're a best-selling author. You've got your own business, the telly. I mean, are you like me in that sometimes you look back at the opportunities you have and you just can't quite believe this is the life you've been given? Uh, daily. I'm, I still pinch myself every day. It, it's honestly, um, I laugh with my husband, you know, so it's like this... Forest Gump kind of life, like this stuff just keeps popping up. It's so unexpected and and so otherworldly, you know. So yeah, absolutely. I, I can't believe, I can't believe, you know, the path that I've been allowed to tread. 
how would your life have turned <clears throat> out if it wasn't for that initial MasterChef show? Victor? Well, I was working with um, with my husband in our IT business. So my my initial background is I was a youth worker. So I, I, I was doing youth work, but then um, I had a family and so I stopped work to look after my little boys. And then Mick and I started an IT business. So I was working in that. I, I know nothing about IT, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I was doing other things in the business other than helping people with that side of things. Um, but I knew that that wasn't my passion. In my mind, I was probably going to head back towards the youth work side of things. But um, we're only a few years into that business where MasterChef happened and things took a wild kind of a dog leg from there. Fabulous. It's, oh, well, but well deserved. I mean, it's not by fluke. You are, I think, one of the most natural people to see on television and you you share so much of yourself and you're a bloody good cook talented (laughs) so you know i still have that very first cookbook of yours and i still i love your meatballs in that i have to say um i love those meatballs love your meatballs (laughs) (laughs) but we, we were talking before the show today about you know uh cooking triumphs and fails um and uh Min, my friend here, yes. has mastered the pavlova. I've mastered the pavlova, I must Brilliant. say. And having lived in America for four years, that was the, the dessert to bring out to every function and every American I served it to loved it. So <laughs> well would enjoyed. love it. Yes. Yeah, it's a real treat a over total there. total treat over there, I'd say. I must say, I confessed to Joe when I first, when I was young and stupid, um, I, I did made my, my first pav followed everything and then I put it in the oven with the roast. I thought I'll oh, just two, do two things at once. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, multitasking. Fail. Always going to be our undoing, yeah. isn't it? No, you don't put a pav in the oven with a roast. Have you had any no. giant, huge mishaps cooking-wise? <laughs> I've had so many and, and a lot of them have been on, like, television. Live TV. <laughs> <laughs> Sticky date puddings. I've never had disasters. <laughs> well, yes. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. I'm, oh. I've been trying to block that. That's, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've had cakes that didn't cook. I, try, I put a four kilogram fish in the oven at one stage. Of course, that was never going to cook. Only had like three quarters of an hour. So, yeah, I've had plenty of disasters and none more so than than on MasterChef because of the, the situation that you're in, the pressure that you're under and the inability to write things because they won't give you time to do that. Oh, but that's obviously by design. That what that's what makes the show so amazing to watch is that you're working under yeah, such pressure. Um, Imagine I, how boring it would be if we all nailed everything. Exactly, it would just be like yawn. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No. There's something though, right from the beginning, Jules. You shared so much of yourself, really, in that very first series because you were so emotional. And I remember, you know, doing breakfast radio at the time, and we were all like, "Oh my god, I just want to climb through the screen and give her a hug." Um, And now you have become extremely uh, raw and vulnerable in sharing your battles with mental health, which um, it feels incredibly courageous, but also very, very powerful. How how has it been for you and why did you make that choice to share that story, that part of yourself? Oh, um, I think that part of the decision to share it was the knowledge that it would not remain private anyway <laughs> there's mm. things have a way of coming out and so I just thought well rather than let you know some horrible online tabloid 
choose the way this is shared, I will share it myself. Um, and then going back on to MasterChef, and they, they were, the production team were absolutely beautiful and it was a big decision to go because I was, I was not well. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't back to being um, in a good place when I was actually asked to do that. And so I sort of said to them, I don't know how I'm going to go on this. I need to reserve the right to be able to walk away if I'm not coping because I don't want to go back to being very, very unwell. And, um, and they were cool with that and they said, and it's completely up to you whether or not we discuss it or whether we don't discuss it on, on the program. Um, but I cried so much, I felt like I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I obviously coming across as quite unhinged, so I might as well just tell, you know. Um, and, and as, you know, I'd already sort of come out and mentioned that that had happened a couple of years prior, but, you know, it had, it had been a really, really big couple of years um, trying to find my way and um, yeah so it was all still going on when I started MasterChef you know that that trying to get well still going on it's mm. it will be going on I think for the rest of my life that finding of that balance and the maintaining of it and all the things you have to do to maintain it um, so yeah it was a it, there, there was a big outpouring of um, love and support when I when I first came out and um, and spoke about it but I've also come to the understanding of why it is a hard thing to speak about as well. Because for for the people that come out with support and say, "Oh, that's great," and we, you know, we need to remove the stigma, there are also the people that go, "Yeah, okay, that that's fine and that's nice. Can we move on now?" Mm. It's it's a bit boring. It's a bit much. Could you stop the tears? Could you, you know, we've had enough of the sob story. Um, can we just get on with the show? Really, I'm surprised and, to uh, hear that. Mm. Yeah, I, I was actually a bit surprised about it too, but it actually clunked into place as making sense as to why it is actually hard to come out and talk about it. Because in the first instance, it's like, oh, wow, that's that's brave, that's open, that's vulnerable. But then it, it doesn't end there. You know, you don't say it out loud and then you're fixed and you mm. can carry on your merry way. You actually, it, it's it's messy and inconvenient and it's it's boring and it's painful and it's mm. all of those things not just for the person going through it but for everybody around them and for anyone who's on the outside of that looking in it's just like oh pick yourself up will you move on look what you've got to be grateful for look at your blessings and all of those things that so I completely understand the sentiment but it's not what fixes it no it's not reality yeah to, to, yep. to fixing it. So how important do you think it is that someone with your profile does talk about it? And, and you know, yes, there may be the naysayers, but surely the positive in what you're doing it far outweighs that. A hundred percent. You know, it, I, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to take those um, slings and arrows on board. That's part of what it is to be sort of in in a bit of a public role I guess mm. but the the upside of that and the privilege of that is the people that have reached out to me and said thank you so much it's helped my family to understand what I'm going through or it's helped me to talk about it or I have gone and sought help or mm. I finally understand something about myself and how I respond to things you know it's it's been it is just an enormous privilege to be in a position to be able to speak about something like that. Mm. You say that um, people just had no idea that you were dealing with anxiety and depression and probably put on a really good public face. Um, for your family as well, would you say? 
Yeah, look, my family were the first to really understand this, the struggles because basically, and, and Joe, you know what it's like, Brecky Radio is incredibly um, taxing. Brutal. So I was doing Brecky Radio, <laughs> I was running a business, I was doing all the other things that MasterChef required of me, you know, post MasterChef life required of me and still trying to keep my family going and, you know, all the things. And at the end of the day, I would get home and I would have given everything I had. And that, Mm. like starting the day at, uh, you know, early in the morning and having to be on, regardless of what you're going through, you've got to be on and you've got to be happy and you've got to be, there's no bad mornings. You can't Mm -hmm. just sort of have a cup of coffee, put your sunnies on and and hide in a corner when you're on breakfast radio. You've got to be the person who's up and Adam for everybody around you uh, and sometimes I would get home at night and I had nothing left for my no, family, yeah, nothing exactly. left whatsoever. I couldn't arrange my face mm. into the expression of a smile for my own Gosh. husband and my own children, yeah, yeah. my own dogs, you know. Um, <laughs> that's that's where I got to. And that constant um, pressure of having to present a certain face to the world is part of what took me down. Mm. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm having quite a reaction to what, the way it, you described yeah. breakfast radio then, I have <laughs> to say. Like trauma yeah, it's a little bit triggering. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I, love that you also, I mean, I don't know whether you chose to walk away, but you took the power to say, I'm going to do what's right for my health right now, which I think a lot of people feel like you can't, as you say, you should be grateful. You've got this amazing opportunity. Why aren't you loving life? You know, like there's a real, I think, shame around that sometimes yeah oh shame is is the most destructive feeling but it's also the biggest feeling throughout an experience like this and throughout a you know a, a, a journey for one of a less used word um, <laughs> I actually got to a point where I could not figure out what to do and I just thought how how do I get out of this and and I came to believe that I was the only person who could do the things that I did in my life. Who's going to run my business? Who's going to, like, obviously the radio show has my name in it. No one else can do that for me. I have to keep going. I have to keep going to work. I have to keep up with my business. I have to keep up with all my commitments. And I couldn't see a way out of this maze Mm. that I was in. And it was suffocating. It was absolutely suffocating. And eventually I did make the decision to finish up on radio. I'd been doing that for four years and... I, I sort of said I'll come back and I'll I'll do Brecky Radio through until Easter, um, and I'm not sure what happened. If just that that little bit of relief from the whole thing just sent me completely off, you know, into this spiral, and I actually never went back after Christmas. I couldn't go back because I was in the hospital by then. Mm. Um, and I had to ring. And I don't know when I when I was on Brecky Radio, I used to. My my co-host, Rabbit, who I love very much, he actually rang me this morning on the radio because he and his co-host were doing something and I had, I had a few words about it. So we've got a great relationship and we're great friends. But um, that those three hours from six till nine, we, ha- we had what we called the show zone where it was just, it was uplifting, it was positive, it was inclusive, it was friendly and all of those things. But if you're having a bad morning, I would say to him, We'd, we'd debrief before we went on air and I'd say to him, I'm putting it in the box. I'm putting it in the box until 9 o'clock. We can talk more about it after 9 o'clock. Mm. And when I 
had to tell him that I was going into the hospital and I wasn't going to be able to come back on the radio. Um, I rang and he, he just knew something was up. He said, what's up? And all I had to say to him was the box broke. Oh. And he knew exactly what yeah. that meant. Yeah. Wow. So I packed too much in yeah. that damn box. And, and, you know, can I tell you too, and I think this is really important because it's something that I realised, I forgot, and I'm realising again, is that we take so much on ourselves. And I, I, I know that women do this. I'm positive that there are men that do it as well. But we, we really do come to believe that if we're not there to do something, that it won't get done or it won't get done properly or it won't get done on time. And my experience of actually having to disappear out of my life, out of my radio show, out of my cooking school, out of my family home, out of my friendships, I had to disappear because I was put away for a little while. People step up and they mm. take over and they do a great job. And, you know, sometimes they shine and sometimes they love the fact that they've been asked to do something instead of having everything done for them. And that was a revelation to me that, mm. you know, for my, the narcissistic part of me was a bit offended that life went on. But you know what? <laughs> life goes on. <laughs> Yeah. It does. Life and, goes on. and I've learned that um, it's really a good thing to make yourself vulnerable and ask for help because then it gives people the opportunity to do something that perhaps they're desperate to do, yes. that they're going to really be blessed by. And I'm sure we've all been asked to do something to help another friend and it makes you feel good. Yeah. It's just, it's a win-win. You're helping the person and you feel good to help. Yes. So you are, you're in a, you're working with Beyond Blue. Uh, the campaign is Big Blue Table. Um, we're, very briefly, can you explain exactly what that is? certainly can. So it's happening in the first week of October, which is Mental Health Month. And the idea is that you bring people together around the table. So it's absolutely, it, it shoots right to the heart of what I believe is that sharing a meal around a table is one of the best things you can do uh, for your mental health. You know, in my family, we, we have always gone around the table with highlight of the day, but these mm. days we also check in and say, how's your head? Uh, and that's with my adult sons and, and we're, we all talk very openly about it. So the idea is you sign up, you be a host, you ask for a donation and that gets donated to Beyond Blue, which provides free um, counselling and support for people 24-7 for Australians. So it's an absolutely beautiful service. Uh, it's a very necessary service. It's a life-saving service. Mm -hmm. And for me, Literally. I think this is the most wonderful way to raise funds for it um, in a very real and true sharing, caring, bringing people together, combating isolation and mm. just putting those conversations right out on the table where they belong. Yeah. Well, that, that custom of breaking bread, I mean, it goes back centuries, doesn't it? So it's it's just drawing in on that and trying to put aside our busy, busy schedules and just come to the table and say, how are you? Yeah, It's at the centre of everything. Every celebration, every culture, it's at the centre yeah. of everything. I love it. I tell you what, um, I, I wish I could promise the kind of meal that you would provide. Jules, if I invite people to my big blue table, I'll bring a pavlova. <laughs> you bring a pavlova. <laughs> I'll make hey, Julie's. Take the yourself. Make it a potluck. Oh, yes, yeah, there you go. You do. And Julie, I will make your. I'll make your meatballs, Jules. So. <laughs> Excellent. We're winning there. Thank you so much for all that you've done. I yeah. just love, I love... Being uh, vulnerable. Yeah. I love the work that you've done most recently as far as mental health is concerned. But, of course, I have really enjoyed watching you every step of the way, Jules. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk Thanks, to you. Thanks, Julie. See have, you. Have you.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. So I have been absolutely obsessed with Beyonce's album since she dropped it on Friday. Uh, you're a bit alone there. <laughs> well, <laughs> not alone. Um, the, the world's taking it on. But Oh, my God. I, you, you're not into her. No, I'm not a Beyonce fan. Oh, I love it so much. Because really? I, I find myself picking up one lyric and going with it for the entire weekend. Oh, and my favourite one over the weekend was, you. oh, yeah, might I suggest you don't fuck with my sis. How good is that? <laughs> Might I suggest you don't fuck with my sis. Okay. That's my motto, basically, right? right? So I loved that. Um, but it was brought to my attention that Beyonce has chosen to use language in her song, Heated, that is an ableist slur. And I feel terrible because I didn't hear it, right? But I have old lady ears. Yeah, no. But you <laughs> often, you don't hear lyrics until you sit there and read the old album covers, of which they don't do. So you have to actively go to the internet and look up lyrics now. That's right. And my ear, I don't sort of, they talk no. so fast. And yeah. I'm a little bit kind of slightly deaf and also extremely um, just daggy, right? I can't yeah, I sort of hear it. You're just one big dag over there. Anyway, the woman who brought it to my attention was via her story in The Guardian. Um, and it was someone who has fought this battle already with Lizzo. Mm. Her name is Hannah Divney. She's a writer and disability activist. And she joins us now. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Joe. Hi, everyone. It's so good to be here. Hi, Hannah. I'm so pleased that you're able to join us. Um, I This is hot off the press, I understand that Beyonce has announced that she's uh, going to change her language in this song? Yeah, so I'm told. I, I woke up at about 7am this morning to a billion text messages uh, <laughs> that said, she's going to change the lyric, and like wow. all caps. Uh, and I have had media requests flooding my inbox all morning, so I'd say I'm in for a pretty wild ride. Uh, oh, mate. So take us... Take us back a step. So you yeah. tweeted about Lizzo's song initially and that kind of yeah. then went viral. Can you give us that little story and what, what unfolded? Yeah, so, def- so about six weeks ago, Lizzo released a song of her new album, Girls, where she used the word spaz, um, which is obviously um, short for spastic and in kind of cultural colloquial context means like losing control or having a meltdown or doing any of that kind of thing um whereas for me like my literal disability is called spastic diplegic cerebral palsy where spastic obviously refers to spasticity um and tension tightness in my 
legs and body that kind of doesn't go away and is sort of always there and flares up in the winter and all of that sort of stuff and just really isn't fun. It makes my life very difficult. So I tweeted Lizzo. I've tweeted dozens of times and I've never had a tweet do that. Um, (laughs) And then she released a really generous, powerful statement saying she was going to change the lyric um, and that she was grateful to the disabled community for educating her and like learning from us so really gave the world kind of a masterclass in how to be an effective ally because she skipped all the all the parts where you might like double down or get mm. angry or try to defend what, what you've done or explain that that wasn't what you meant and then on Saturday night I was on Twitter and someone messaged me saying well Beyonce's gone and used the same word um are you going to call her out as well? And obviously, like, Joe, you mentioned this before, the entire world has been listening to Beyonce's album. So um, calling out Beyonce definitely feels like a step, a step above. Um, yes. And kind of this sort of unreachable, terrifying goal because obviously she also has an extremely passionate um, passionate fan base and they have not necessarily been very happy with me oh, uh, but it's okay because she exchanged mm. the lyric and she's learned and mm. hopefully because she kind of creates a blueprint that the whole music industry follows people will now just avoid that word out of sheer terror of the storm that might follow uh, <laughs> and I won't have to have this conversation again <laughs> How, what, what, what do songwriters, what onus is on them to be careful with their lyrics though? How, I mean, where do we draw the line? I know we're talking about one word in particular with two artists, but, you know, if you do stop and look at lyrics, I mean, the rapper's mm. lyrics are just yeah, toxic. There, there is all sorts of offensive, um, toxic language used. I personally, um, obviously don't necessarily feel like I can speak to that because I'm obviously a white woman and hip-hop and that is obviously dominated by African-American artists and I don't want to um, don't want to speak for, for the way that they express themselves but for me mm. personally I feel like if you're um, using slurs that actively impact um a marginalized community negatively that should probably be something you take out of your lyrics mm. would i prefer that artists everywhere use better lyrics when talking about women in general for sure but i know that that is not something that i'm ever gonna um i guess win on so i'll just take yeah the the wins for my community and try and get disabled people um to be more accepted yeah. Bro- yeah, broadly speaking, you must be astounded that and impressed that Beyonce has sort of reneged on this particular word. Or yeah, I I definitely wasn't expecting that. I think Beyonce over the years has been elevated to such a significant kind of cultural status um, and such a sort of untouchable place mm. in pop culture that I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, I hoped because the tweet was getting a lot of attention and people were tagging her and obviously 
there's been some very heated discussions going on in my Twitter mentions. But, uh, yeah, I'm just really grateful that she heard where we were coming from and decided to be an ally and Mm. just change the lyric. And to her credit, didn't, um, didn't try and defend or excuse what she'd done either. So... Honey, you made the point in your story that I read yesterday that you were you felt exhausted and sad that here we are again, and that that kind of broke my heart because I know that you must and everyone in your community must every day have to face this kind of um, ableist language and, and hurtful language. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you say to people who say, "Oh, just get over it. It's just a word." Uh, well. I am of the opinion that words are the probably the most hurtful weapon um, we we have in everyday life um, that, that all of us can easily use. I am a writer, so I understand the power of words when they're used for good and the power of words when they're used in a way that can like effectively um, give me a window into someone's experience. So I guess the flip side of that is I equally understand how much they can hurt when they're either unintentionally or intentionally um, weaponized. And I think, unfortunately for the disabled community at large, we are still very much um, kind of waiting on the the reckoning, I guess, that, that a lot of other marginalized communities have started to have. There's a lot of room um for disabled people to become more accepted and there's a lot of work to be done in terms of giving people with disabilities um the most rich kind of powerful uh lives that they can have Mm. there's obviously a huge amount of work still be done still to be done yeah um and uh well i guess it's it's wonderful that you're doing this work and we're grateful to you, but we also want to surround ourselves with you as allies um, in this Thank you work. so much. I really, yeah. really appreciate that. And based on the state of my social media at the moment, that means more than I can say. Yeah. Oh, it hurts me that you're getting people saying unpleasant, awful things to you as well, because that seems to me like uh, you're not getting it. Like no. they're just not the getting it. not dropping. Got to keep at it though. That's, you know, oh, yeah, but what can you do, matters. Joe? <laughs> can you, you can do? tweet, and then you've, you've, you know and you get change. That's oh, what you've done. You have done that, and also you just block, 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 oh, yeah. block, yeah. block, block, that, block. That's my favorite button at the moment. The <laughs> yeah, I love it too. Well, it's wonderful what you've done, and how what a great um, triumph really for both Beyonce and Lizzo Thank to you change so their lyrics. So. Good on you, Hannah, yeah. and thanks for joining us at such late notice on well the show. Well done, you, Hannah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and have a great day with all those uh, conversations that you're having. Yeah, I should definitely have a day to remember, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, we're with you. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 